What's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBB. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm back with a very special guest, Layla. Layla, how are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me on again. Thanks for coming back. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about you and your Instagram and TikTok content? I'm a TikTok and Instagram content creator. I talk about all the things, pop culture, celebrity news, celebrity couples, reality TV, just anything and everything. I love it. It's really nice to, I feel like sometimes I just go to your page just to catch up on the news because there's so many different sources. Like you can find your information from so many different places, but sometimes it's just nice to get like, you know, the roundup of what you need to know. I love that so much. Um, Thank you so much. I feel like I follow all the pop culture media outlets and then also like creators on top of that. So sometimes I feel like, oh, everybody knows about this already. Like, I don't need to add my voice to the pile. But then I remind myself, like, not everyone is, like, inundated with this information day in, day out. Totally. And sometimes it's so much to follow up on. There's, like, little pieces that just get past you. But I feel like we cover – I feel like we have an interest in a lot of similar things, too. That's another thing is, like, there's so many creators that cover, like, all of Bravo. And it's, like, I – Really just want to talk about Summer House and like VPR. Like <laughs> <laughs> 100%. I feel like I don't really have one like niche within pop culture, but there are mm-hmm. so many things that I like just could not care less about. Um, so it's really just like anything that I see that's like, oh, I would want to know more about that. Then like I do the research and then I would make like a video about it or something. I know, which I appreciate. And last time you were on, which was episode 151, we talked about Scooter Braun's, like, demise that never, like, really materialized. Like, what the fuck happened with that? I feel like everyone was so ready for him to have this big falling out with the industry. And it just simply was, like, never going to happen. Yeah, I read – I think we talked about this on that episode, but I read an article that basically said, like, He sold his company for a billion dollars. He was like busy being a mogul in K-pop or something. And it was like, oh, he's actually, he's doing just fine. Honestly, I think it was the Swifties that like. I know, I know. That like lit fire under the flame. I know. It's so funny whenever these things happen, because they happen often where us, the like pop culture junkies get really excited about a certain thing. And then we like go, we run with it. And sometimes we take it too far and then nothing ever happens. And then we just move on quickly because the content is new the next week. Like, 100%. <laughs> and we also, which this ended up like coming true. I think at the time we were just speculating that Kylie had changed her whole aesthetic because she was like actually dating Timothy Chalamet. And we've had the most Timothy Kylie content since we last talked. The Kylie Timmy content is still so wild to me. It's so it's, weird. Like they won't do a red carpet together, but they will be front and center at the Golden Globes. Like that's crazy. It's so crazy. It kind of reminds me the Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson on like Splash Mountain or whatever pictures came up on my feed the other day. And I was like, remember that like I feel like we'll be saying that about Timothy and Kylie in a few years yeah I mean I 
miss Kim and Pete. Like that was such Me a fun too. time. <laughs> and like this like Kim and OBJ thing, I just like couldn't get out of bed for. Like I was like yeah. next, like we, I feel like we knew that slash like it's just not exciting. Especially when it was paired with like everything else going on the day of the Super Bowl, because I feel like that's when they were like making headlines. Yeah. So yeah, that's such a good point. Like, let's really relish in this time that we have Kylie and Timmy. Absolutely. Cause it's the absurdity of them and same with Kim and Pete, where Odell Beckham Jr., I'm just like, Yeah, that makes total sense. Like hot yeah. <laughs> Moving on. He was on everybody's shortlist when she first was single. So it was like, right, like we all decided that together. Absolutely. Totally. And maybe we did. Maybe that <laughs> list was brought to Kish Jenner in the <laughs> in a boardroom and maybe it was our influence. Yeah, 100%. Okay, today we're going to jump into the SAG Awards. We're going to talk about Meryl Streep and Martin Short dating rumors. And then Summer House Season 8, we had the premiere last week. And then Layla's going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week and share her This Week in Petty story. So the SAG Awards, I didn't watch, but you you really like award season, but do you watch or do you just look at the red carpet and the viral moments? So I feel like award season fatigue this year. Yeah. And I haven't had cable, so I really haven't been able to watch a lot of them. I haven't really even been able to watch the red carpet coverage, but I do will whatever it takes to watch the Oscars that are coming up in a couple weeks. Not even sure how I'll be able to stream it, but like I'll – log on for that day and then I usually watch the Grammys but I just like couldn't whatever it was like Paramount I was like okay never mind like I'll just get the clips online totally I feel like with COVID we were like starving for red carpet content and then like you know award season came back like full throttle and I'm just I I'm kind of fatigued by it too like the SAG award so I watched the Modern Family reunion moment. I watched the Devil Wears Prada reunion moment. And then I looked at some red carpet looks and I said, goodbye. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel. I feel like everything that's worth watching, I can watch the next day on my phone. And it's Mm -hmm. a minute and a half and I don't have to sit through like three hours of, of like watching my TV for things that like I simply do not need to. Um, But yeah, I'm the same way. I, Every award show, I'm like, I don't need to post about the red carpet, but then I inevitably do because there's just (laughs) something worth posting about. Totally. Who were your your, uh, favorite looks this? Okay. My top toots are Issa Rae. She was wearing this, like, gorgeous, like, peach, like, flute with a cross around her neck and her hair. It's just gorgeous. Um, Ariana Greenblatt, which I saw you had on your list, too. Unreal unreal absolutely unreal this like huge like red velvet almost like disney villain dress but like she looks so good um carrie mulligan who wore this like really pretty champagne dress and then tyler james williams from abbott elementary he is honestly my like best dressed man every single red carpet i feel like he's so underrated but he was wearing this really cool like baby blue shimmery suit with like this really cool silhouette and like this mesh shirt underneath I'm like yeah nobody no guys are like doing what he's doing right now 
No, that's so true. It's really good. It it's kind of the color is giving what Ryan Gosling has been wearing a lot this award season, but the cut of the suit and the mesh underneath is really cool. And it's something that's so different from the normal black tux. And yeah, Issa Rae looks like phenomenal. And Carrie Mulligan, I feel like this is a really underrated dress. It just really works. I could see this also for the Academy Awards because it kind of looks like the statue. Um, But yeah, she looks beautiful. No, I, I thought the same thing about Carrie. I was like, she is manifesting right now. No, she really is. And then Ariana Greenblatt, like, please look this up, everybody. It's like, okay, so I'm having a Twilight, my own Twilight renaissance <laughs> because... <laughs> I am covering it on, or the episode will already be out when the when this one comes out. But on Ready to Be Romance, I re- reread Twilight with two of my like Twi hard friends. And now I'm looking at every content through the lens of like how could this be like vampire related, and I could totally see her red velvet dress in like a very sexy vampire photo shoot, like. Yeah, it's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> I see the vision a hundred percent. If you just like have a little darker makeup and like darker accessories, like it's there a hundred percent. Totally. Like I could see because I've been also looking at a lot of old Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, like uh, photo shoots for the first movie, and. I could totally have seen this be one of the looks that they put her in. I also wrote Pedro Pascal because, and one of my friends texted me about his like billowing white t-shirt and his like curly, like his cute little curly hair that it's just doing something for me. It's the Mr. Darcy effect that's just, it's really working. Pedro Pascal, I feel so safe with him. why (laughs) he would never hurt us I know I know I get the same vibes it's yeah that's so funny I also wrote down this isn't an actress that I am familiar with but Nicole Bahari from the morning show I didn't watch the morning show simply because I don't have apple tv (laughs) (laughs) she's wearing like a coral it almost looks like not a jumpsuit, but it's like a, a column dress with this beautiful hot pink kind of shawl slash cape. It's giving like the updated Taylor Swift. I don't know if you remember that look. It must have been some Grammys where she had the Anna Winter winter hair and yeah, the bandeau. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that yeah. image of Taylor Swift flashed into my mind as soon as I looked up this look. So like we're on right? the same page. Yes. But like this is elevated and 2024. So really good. And then Marco Robbie also, you can kind of see, I feel like she's moving kind of out of Barbie, but cause she's not, she didn't wear a look that was recreated, but it was still in the Barbie colors and stuff like that. And I just love how much intention is in that. Like, it seems like she's really winding down this era because it was like a modern outfit. Again, wasn't a recreation of a, a previous Barbie look, but it was black with the the pink piece. I don't know. I'm so bad at talking about fashion because it's just so <laughs> out of my wheelhouse. Like <laughs> I feel the same. I'm like, try so hard to be a fashion girl. And I'm like, oh, you actually have no idea what you're talking about. No, no, literally. 
And the only reason that I like really stood out that looked not great to me, Joey King has had, actually, when has Joey King ever pulled a look really on a red carpet? She's stunning, but like, she just, I don't know, fire her, her stylist, but she was wearing straight up a, people that are 31, my age, will remember the like, it's a small it's like a zigzag headband. Yes, a zigzag headband. And it like headband. stretches. Yeah. Yes, and like pulls your bangs back. Thank you. And it would like snap all the time and just like it was such shit. But like she just is wearing that um, <laughs> with like <laughs> – with um, like the dress is beautiful. I love the gloves. And like again, her face looks really good, but just like it's so bad. It's – it, I don't know why they just didn't do, like, a thin piece or, like, something jeweled or, like, I don't know. It, it's just alarming. I respect so much taking a risk on the red yeah. carpet. Like, you do you, even if you just want to do something for the sake of doing it. But, like, this is so confusing to me. This is, like, beyond trying to be a risk taker. This is, like, she let her hair air dry <laughs> on this headband. <laughs> Like there's no there's no styling. Even like her makeup yeah. isn't really something super like interesting or like noticeable. And then the dress seems like she thrifted it from the mm-hmm. local Goodwill and she <laughs> called it a day. Like the dress yeah. is fine. It's like very like authentic 90s vibes that like you're it actually might be in the back of your mom's closet. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like I don't know if she knew she was going to the SAG Awards when she got in the car just like that. I know, I know, (laughs) I know. No, that's so true. And you're totally right. Her hair looks exactly like mine does when I don't blow dry it or like style it at all. And it's just like one shape and like not good. It's, yeah, it's really bad. Also, just to fucking pile up, like just just to absolutely double down on her. The hair color, it's like one Mm. shade off of the new Ariana Grande hair color. And it's just, these girls need their color palette done by someone. No, I'm glad you said that because I am fully on color palette TikTok. And like, it's all, I love it. And it makes such a difference. And like, they need to figure that out. Like hair color is a big deal. Like, you cannot pull off any hair color. It's like usually your natural hair color looks best, but like these blondes are just getting so washed out. Totally. I true I'm that is one of my hottest takes. I think is that like I think you could go up a few shades, like a few shades lighter, a few shades darker, but I don't know. I really think when you drastically change your hair color like this, it it rarely works. Like it really rarely works. Like I think that this is like proof of that but poor joey king (laughs) this is and the blonde i don't even think could be her fault necessarily like blonde is so hard to it's so hard to maintain too like yeah she could have gotten it done and it looked amazing and now it's like a couple weeks out and it just like needs something a highlight a tone i don't know i've never been blonde but like yeah it's just a difficult choice to keep up with 100 percent. yeah or for a movie And she had, this wasn't at the SAG Awards, but I watched one of her glam bots on TikTok and it was so bad. And 
I saw that you were making content about this, but I've also been on Glambot TikTok for some reason because it's like they're never like it's not good content to be honest. It was fun. I feel like the first like time you saw them. But then unless you're analyzing them like you, if you're just watching them and then like moving on, not good, like not fun. It's not original. And I don't know. I feel like the Glambot was such like a cool thing that we'd never seen anything like that before. But I think I totally agree with what you're saying. And of course, I'm like kind of writing really hard for Glambots right now because I started to like out of nowhere reviewing them on my TikTok but <laughs> which is funny <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's just really hard to do a good one so like you're either going to be completely average like nothing special or really mediocre and then there's the one percent that's like oh that's stunning and like really cool exactly and if you google or like search on TikTok like Glambot fails or I don't know something like that and you get the ones where their eyes aren't tracking the camera or they like (laughs) they look it's slowed down at the wrong time or whatever it's really bad it's like I uh, I would be upset if that was like posted about me and I was like a celeb and Paul who is the guy that runs the glam bots I want to shout him out because he seems so lovely and he went to my alma mater, which is, yeah, which is, like, maybe not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But since I live, like, in Canada, the west coast of Canada, kind of wild that he went to the university I went to. He seems so lovely, but I don't know. Their content is not hitting anymore. Yeah, I also love Cole. And I part of my favorite parts of the Glambot videos is seeing his interaction with the celebrity. Exactly. Yes. And all the comments will be like, oh, they passed the vibe check or they did it like if they were actually nice to Cole or if they just like cast him off at some random employee on the red carpet that they don't need to pay attention to because they don't realize that they're being filmed. Um, so that whole part of it is honestly like probably worth it more so than the actual glam bot. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I like looking at the comment section and seeing how people responded to how the celeb was interacting with him. I also like to see celebs in this way, not perform, but like do a task that I think I would be awful at. And if they're awful at it too, I'm like, okay, like <laughs> I don't feel so bad about myself. <laughs> like, um, But everyone should look up. I feel like Madeline Klein's uh, was a recent one that got a little bit of heat. And then there's another person, Sigourney Weaver, I think. That, like, is infamous, I feel like, at this point. And then if you want to see a really good one, look up Cara Delevingne. Oh, with the, it's with the red dress, right? Red or black yes, dress? With, yes, with the red dress, yeah. Yeah, literally, I think I watched that on your TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too many. Okay, let's talk about Meryl Streep and Martin Short. So, two lovely humans. Truly, I feel like gems in this cold industry but allegedly they might be dating which you don't think that they're dating and like do I think that they're dating probably not but like it's kind of fun to chit chat about it it's so fun to chit chat about it I think they're so innocently getting dinner and they're just like friends who have been in the industry for so long 
but like if they came out and said that they were dating tomorrow i would be thrilled i'd be their number one fan me too truly (laughs) so they are working on only murders in the building together and they were seen there's been like two award shows where they've been cozy with one another the golden globes and then this past week at the sag awards and then they yeah they went for dinner which like i get like do you see your friend that much in a week like i don't know (laughs) i mean honestly i was just thinking like whenever a new celebrity couple comes out like this like kim and pete taylor and travis i am always the biggest naysayer in the first week or so and then I always eat my words so honestly I'm just gonna like do a complete 180 and just say that they're fully dating and they're gonna fall in love and get married that's so true with the big like hype around PR relationships in the last couple years now every time a celeb is seen with one another I'm like this is PR and then like I would say you know like 50% of them turn out to be real. In my Discord for my Patreon, someone just posted new pics of Gigi and Bradley, but Gigi's holding a huge bag for her, I think her clothing line. And I'm like, okay, so this was a relationship again. I I said it was PR and then I was like, oh no, I'm coming around to saying that they're real and then like now I'm back on the PR train. <laughs> like <laughs> back to Meryl and Martin. Meryl had separated from her husband six years ago after 40 years of marriage and Martin's wife passed away in 2010 and that's why I feel like I'm rooting so hard for this couple because it's like this would be such a not a second chance romance but a a later in life romance I feel like is is very sweet and when I read that Martin is a widow I my heart broke like that's just so sad like losing his partner so early but they're both like incredibly talented and funny and just like amazing people in the industry and if like they got together like that's insane like that is actually I know people joke but like that would actually be like my Taylor and Travis yeah no truly (laughs) no absolutely and I feel like I read that a spokesperson but it wasn't their managers or anything like that. So I don't know. But I was reading an article and basically they were saying that they're nothing more than friends. But I don't know. I'm still rooting for them. It was a spokesperson for only murders in the building, which was so weird. Why are you speaking on their public their public uh, personas? I know, which, make, which makes me think that it is PR just for the show. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You're that could also be true cuz I feel like sometimes when we think of PR relationships, we think it's like, oh yeah, they like are a fake relationship, but also I feel like it's just like, no, let's just catch dinner once in a while just to get some pictures. 100%. And, yeah, and it's just like us hanging out and we'll get some headlines and then yeah, interesting. I want to take us back though because If everyone remembers the viral Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift lip reading (laughs) video where they're talking about allegedly Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner turning down Selena for a picture. She said the next day that she actually just found out that two friends were hooking up and wanted to tell Taylor and Kelly. And so now people are like, oh, my God, was it Meryl and Martin hooking up? (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, obviously is absolutely insane, but I just like thinking about that. 
<laughs> I like thinking about it too. <laughs> Selena, side note, like, has Selena always been this way? Like, I feel like ever since she started dating Benny Blanco, she just is wild for totally. how famous she is. Like, you cannot be commenting these things on Instagram. Totally. I think there's a few things. I think she kind of always has been like this. Like, I feel like she's always been online, like on her own accounts. Because I just remember the Justin Bieber days where she posted Mm -hmm. like when he was um, dating someone new. I think Sophia Richie at the time, maybe Um, he was saying like fans like leave her alone. And then she had commented like something about like if you can't take the heat, like get your girlfriend off of Instagram or something like that. And so I feel like she has always been like this. I think she also has reached a level of fame at this point in her career that's, you know, like 15 years long or whatever, that it's like she's kind of like uncancelable or like she's kind of at the stage where she can do these things and like still remain, you know, at the top of her game I guess so I I feel like she just like kind of can get away with it so she just does it yeah I mean I don't know this specific comment she made about oh we were talking about my two friends hooking up like what did she think that was gonna do but like I I am choosing the path of I'm choosing the path that it was Marilyn Martin. Yeah, at this point, me too. I like I don't even care about Kylie and Timothy at this point. I also think it's so funny because it it seems like the excuse, like you know, if you're talking shit about someone, or no, you want to talk shit about someone, you're like arguing with someone or whatever, and you send them a screen, another person, their screenshot of the combo, and you're like, you want to be like, oh my god, look what this bitch said or something like that, but you send it to the person you're arguing with. That's what this is giving. And then it's like the excuse of like, oh, sorry, I just was like, was going to send this back to you (laughs) because to check if this was like your last message that you sent me or like whatever, like some bad excuse of why you accidentally did that. That is what this excuse is giving. Yeah. I mean, it would have just been better if she said nothing, but like, this is fun too to talk about. I know. I know. (laughs) It would have been so much better if she said nothing about half the things she said says online yeah because like part of being like as big of a celebrity as she is part of that is like you actually don't need to answer to anything I know I know it's it's true yeah you you really don't have to but I get the want or the need to want to respond basically yeah Okay, let's let's move on. Uh, uh, Mazel to Martin and Meryl if they're actually dating. Can't wait for more content from them. If they don't find love with each other, I hope they find it soon with somebody else. With someone else, totally. If that's what they want, then yeah, I, of course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> then I would be super stoked for either of them because they just seem like such down to earth people. Um, Summer House season eight premiered. Um. I have so many feelings, like mixed feelings about it, but I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Were you excited for this season? And what did you think of episode one? I was so excited for this season. I recently got into Summer House last year. So I watched the whole series last spring, I believe. And I caught up like just in time to watch the season seven, like the last couple episodes in the reunion. So I'm still like very fresh onto Summer House. It's like, 
one of my favorite shows. I definitely have a different experience since I haven't been watching it all these years. But I was super excited for this season and just like honestly consider the entire cast like my friends and I now I get to hang out with my friends again. It really does feel like that, especially when I'm freezing my ass off here in Victoria. Watching people at like a 4th of July pool party really did something for me this week. 100%. I have some like big picture questions, um, but I'm curious before we get into those, just because you are a recent watcher and so you wouldn't have like the years of lead up to this, but like, were you on team Lindsay or team Danielle last year? Lindsay. Oh my God. So was I. Okay, thank God. And uh, <laughs> and like I I'm whispering now because I like I like don't want people to absolutely brutalize us in the comments. But like I I like I wasn't a staunch Team Lindsay girl. Like I could see valid points and also not valid points with both of their arguments. But in general, if I was, like, gun to my head, had to pick a side, like, it's Lindsay. But I feel like now, like, I feel like people last summer were on Team Danielle. And then when Winterhouse premiered, they were like, okay, Danielle also has, like, a few things that she needs to, like, work out. Yeah. I mean, I was never, like, a fan of Lindsay. She was never my favorite. But also, since I watched it, without so much of like commentary from yes, other people. Yes, yes. I never hated Lindsay as much as I feel like a lot of people did. But when it came to season seven, I just feel like Danielle was acting so insane. And like so many things she did were kind of in- indefensible. And it got to a point where I was like, just nothing she's doing is like valid anymore. In, like her reaction was not making sense to the cause. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, guys, I'm sorry. Like it has to be Lindsay on this one, but I like don't say it too loudly. No, I know. Especially with the Robert stuff that like was happening at the time. Like I really think that a lot of Danielle's behavior at the time was coming from like a really actually like vulnerable place with like her relationship like long-term relationship like disintegrating in front of her eyes and part of the reason I was team Lindsay is because even at the reunion having like months of perspective and watching it play back on tv Danielle still had the nerve to be like oh this had nothing to do with my relationship like I wasn't projecting and it was like not self-aware look in the mirror for one second yeah and I get that Lindsay was, like, basically stonewalling her at some point, which is really bad, which is why I'm, again, not in really either. I don't know. There's no winners really here. It was a tough go around. So I'm excited to see what their relationship looks like this season. But, yeah, okay. So because not much went on in the premiere, even though it was a fun episode, and I do have some points about you know, the new people on the cast, but I have some like bigger picture questions. So like my first one is about Carl and Lindsay. Do you care at this point what happened to their, like the demise of their relationship? I do still care, but I feel like we already have the big picture and obviously we'll get filled in more details, but like 
for me, what we've seen so far in interviews, seeing the breakup play out online and just like how that letter got leaked about canceling the wedding, like we got so much inside info. And just even in the previews for this season, it from where I'm standing right now, I everything makes sense to me. And so I'm still want to see it play out and I still want to get all the details to fill in the holes. But it's definitely not like the biggest thing that's going to happen this season that's like the most interesting to me necessarily. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm really having a problem with Bravo right now because so much of the TV shows now happen off camera in between seasons. And I think this happened a lot with The Bachelor too, um, where like basically – the most interesting part, the couples breaking up, like, or the fighting in between a season wrapping and people going on paradise. That became the more interesting part. And I feel like with watching VPR season 11 with Ariana and Tom, we're back to three months after Scandival. So that puts us into March, April, May, May of last year. I'm like, we've had, what, nine months or whatever of eight months of online stuff that has happened and the articles and the conversations and the podcasts and stuff like that, that I like don't care really what's happening because it's already passed. Like I've already moved on. And I think that's what's happening with Summer House too. I have no idea. I guess like editing and stuff like that. But I have no idea why the lead time is like they filmed this you know the this first weekend is always fourth of july why the fuck is it premiering in february 2024 yeah i mean this is like across the board the problem with like reality tv shows and with big stories like scandal and like with this we go on such a roller coaster and we get so much coverage of it that like yeah. our perspective changes sometimes daily. So now to go backwards, it's like we can't even relate to this time anymore. We're so far gone in like a yeah. completely different part of the journey. No, that's so true. That's why the Heather Gay, Monica, I forget her last name, Garcia. Garcia. Yeah. That's why that was so interesting because we had no idea that that was happening. And then we can watch the fallout happen after the season's wrapped. But yeah, like at this point, yeah, we have totally moved on. Do we know exactly what happened? No, but we have, I think, some inkling that like possibly Lindsay accused Carl of using again and then like just that they weren't getting along and that maybe she was like too into like the wedding planning and not like the relationship aspect of that that like I feel like I'm like what's there to watch (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like when they dropped the trailer I immediately got the sense that this was going to be Carl's point of view and it was going to lean heavily to like sympathize with him and not saying whether that's right or wrong but like as quick as I was team Lindsay in season seven like I don't think She's going to have the same, like, hero story this season. Yeah. Totally. So two things stood out to me. I thought the exact same thing. But then I felt like in the episode, it actually looked like Carl was the absentee wedding planner husband. 
and she was like the one doing all the labor. So I was like, that's interesting that they're like pointing this out because they didn't have to, you know, show Carl in this light. And then the other thing that I saw is that there was that little comment about Ariana being talked about at the White House court. I think they were alluding to the White House Correspondence Dinner. And they're like, well, we're not, you know, on that same level. And I was like, does Lindsay want to be Ariana? And is she making their breakup look in a way that looks scandalous so she can be Ariana? Yeah, honestly, like, that's a really good call. I feel like when the breakup first immediately happened, we had very little details. It was like so much sympathy towards Lindsay because Carl was clearly the one that ended it. And she felt blindsided. And that was basically all we knew. It was shocking because their wedding shower was like weeks prior, like yeah. two, 14 days prior. And it was like, where did this come from? This is gut wrenching. Like deposits are down, trips are planned, like the wedding, blah, blah, blah. But now that we're knowing more information and seeing the trailer, it seems like this was not an Ariana level situation. 100%. The other big question I have is about Kyle and Amanda because their storyline for the past like two or three seasons or I guess post-wedding has just been like being newlyweds, how tough that is, lover boy getting off the ground, um, but a little bit redundant, which it's like I don't think that's necessarily like a problem because I'm glad they're like not making stuff up um, and I think this is kind of typical maybe of a relationship, but... I feel like their storylines are kind of stagnant because basically they're talking about how they want to maybe move out of the city and then have a kid. But obviously that would mean that they wouldn't be on the TV show anymore. Um, I guess it's not really a question, but like a more of a comment that it's like, it must be really tough when, you know, your, your claim to fame is Summer House that's how you're known and it really impacts lover boy i've never met one person that doesn't that drinks lover boy again it's like not even sold in canada canada that's why like it's like <laughs> makes sense why i've never heard of anyone drinking it but like from what i see online people don't buy it unless they are either a summer house fan or like i think maybe the odd person that just like likes the way that the packaging looks and stuff like that but Loverboy wouldn't be as 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 a a big success if Summer House wasn't there. So it's just wild to see how they clearly like I think need to move on from this show, but feel like they are trapped in it and it's literally like prolonging these large milestone events in their lives just because of a TV show. Yeah, that is crazy. I always thought like the second anyone gets pregnant, like they just simply don't have a place on the show anymore. Like there's people get mad because they think it, it should be a show about single people hooking up in Hamptons. And now there's like so many couples, but like the couples can get by, but like you absolutely cannot be pregnant at a shared house. Like that's just <laughs> no, not, no, that's not going to fly. No, you would just straight up lose your job. And maybe you come visit like when they do, the day hangouts like at the beach or when they go to a winery or something like that like maybe you could pop in there but like basically your reality tv life ends and that must be tough yeah yeah 
And then Amanda said this first episode, like she took that pregnancy test during Winter House, which like, I don't know how genuine that was, but like it made them realize that they're not ready. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just like don't need them to be debating these big life's milestones like on camera necessarily and being like are we ready for a kid it's like that's not the vibe yeah no literally that's so true like I want you guys to have a fight over the fucking banana stuffed animal (laughs) like I don't need to hear like (laughs) your like existential crisis yeah yeah they're interesting I also just felt like Amanda like hated Kyle this episode I like I've never really rooted for them as a couple because I actually just think they're like mismatched. But this was the first episode I watched that I was like, I actually don't think you're going to be married forever. (laughs) And I've never really thought that before. Same, but I always thought it was because when I started watching, they were already married. Right. You know? So I was like, oh, they figured it out. Like whatever it was, their differences, they like accepted them. No, no, they haven't. They absolutely haven't, but I also got a way different vibe watching the premiere. I was like, there's so much resentment in her voice. Yes. Like, Thank you. Uh, it was it was really uncomfy, and I was like, you guys cannot still be in this place. Like, you simply cannot be two years into your marriage, like five or six years into being together. Like, you cannot be having these, like, fundamental differences anymore. Absolutely. I've talked a little about this when I've covered previous seasons of Love is Blind and even a little bit of Summer House. But like this is a little bit of what I studied in college, um, interpersonal relationships. And to see the contempt, which is like uh, a very famous uh, relationship psychologist, one of his like basically signs for divorce um, is contempt. And when I heard her talking about Kyle in this episode, I was like, oh no, you like actually like hate him. <laughs> like, I was like, I actually don't think you really like him or like this relationship. I just think that maybe because of these external factors like the show, you are continuing to still stay with him because it seems like she also can't even be honest about her working relationship with him and Loverboy. Like she clearly doesn't want to do... Like, he seems like a workaholic and seems like a hustler and stuff like that. And she has said multiple times how she doesn't like to do that type of stuff. And it's just wild to see that, yeah, that they're still having this, like, miscommunication. I feel like I could have an entire podcast episode about, like, Kaimanda and their dynamic. I have yeah. so many thoughts. Okay, yes. first, yes, we've seen these, like, themes before in their storylines. Do you think... It's genuine. Like her, him being like, I need you to do this for Lover Boy, and her being like, eh, can we change the Monday morning meeting to Tuesday? Like, is do you think that's real? Or are they just like playing it up for the camera? I think they, that scene was playing it up for the camera, but I do think it comes from a real place. I think she is a depressed person. I see a lot of like me in her, like, in her like low affect and like wanting to just like be on the couch watching TV with her dogs, but like not in like a normal way. I feel like it's in a depression way just because I don't know. I see that in myself and I think it doesn't, I think it's like untreated depression. (laughs) And then I just think it's, 
like a, a values difference or whatever in and an energy difference. And I know like being a person with depression, it can be really hard to be in a relationship, especially if a person doesn't have depression. Like it can just be really tough to be like, actually there's going to be like a month or like weeks at a time or whatever where like I'm yeah like not leaving the couch or whatever I don't know that might be like an overstep on my on my hat but half but like I just she seems to have I don't know like low grade like low energy depression I don't know what do you think about that no I see that and I think it makes sense so that was one thing and then my other thing is like this conversation at the carnival between two of them yeah and then I'm glad they added in like that bit at the end where she's talking to Paige and Sierra about it because I feel like it gave a lot more context that we were not getting in the moment at the carnival because at the carnival I like felt bad for Kyle for a second which I was like what's happening he was like coming to her like so vulnerable being like asking her something so innocent and sweet and she shut him down immediately and I was like oh my god you literally hate him like He's literally asking, coming to you, asking you to do something and you are like shoving it right back in his face and seeing her talking about it at the end and being like, this is all I ever wanted from him. And then he couldn't give it to me. And then she learned to live without it. And now she's happy without it. And now he wants it. I would be pissed off too. But like, also, I just want to say like the getting our groove back comment i'm like no you guys are you've never had a groove (laughs) you've never had a groove but also like giant fucking red flag waving in the sky like if you need to get your groove back at this time like that should be reserved for 10 20 30 years down the line 100 percent. because they've also like this is eight seasons so they've been in a relationship for eight years which is a really long time but like and it like relationships wax and wane with group like being in the same group and stuff like that but like so she like newlyweds and I don't know I'm not a newlywed I've never been a newlywed so like maybe weigh in listeners but like yeah it it doesn't seem I think that there could definitely be I think it would be unrealistic to expect that everything is perfect a year or two post wedding um but I also think having this type of conversation early in their marriage I think is rough I also think or like a red like a not a red flag but something to note I think like I think it's good information for them to to look at I'm so glad you brought up the conversation at the carnival because basically he was like I go away for periods of time because of work and then I come home and you like don't give a fuck about me and and like he said it in a way that was like pretty casual but that's actually I think really vulnerable and like actually not that much to ask of your partner that when you were away for periods of time to and he said I don't need fanfare but like some interest in me coming home would be nice and I think that exactly what you're saying like she just like doesn't care if he lives or dies like truly at this point like and this is another point and I feel like the depression um (laughs) argument (laughs) because it's like I also feel like if you 
aren't excited by big events like your partner coming home from a big a business trip like that is maybe you just don't have the energy or the dopamine or whatever of <laughs> like to express any interest in that um but yeah that was a a wild conversation that she just it just went straight over her head no that exact moment when he said do you miss me and she straight up was like oh like i have the dogs i watch my shows like what's there to miss i was like lord yeah lord i was like you don't miss your husband when he's gone for days on like a work trip and i don't know this like newlyweds idea i feel like it's a little i'm not married but i am in a long-term relationship and i feel like when you're with someone for multiple years i don't know maybe i will feel like a newlywed glow but i feel like there's it's almost a different feeling yeah I feel like the newlywed is when you like dated someone for six months back in the day and like you got married and then it was like still kind of in the like puppy thing. I'm not expecting like newlywed, like everything's rosy, but like just these are just really basic like relationship things that you should maybe have more compassion and like want to like spend time with your significant other. 100%. I feel like the newlywed version of this is like you're picking him up from the airport with like a sign and a coffee and a balloon and stuff like that. (laughs) And then like the long-term version is that like he takes an Uber home, but you like schedule some quality time with him when he arrives. And she's not even doing that. (laughs) Or you at least get off the couch and like give him a hug, like bare minimum. I don't even think she needs to like pick him up or cook him dinner, but like, oh my God, like just... I don't think she's even looking up from her phone like no I know which is is really disheartening I really felt for him in that moment yeah poor guy and then she was like this also pissed me off and then we can move on but like she was like yeah he wants to spend time with me but then like at the carnival he was spending time with like everyone but me and then he was she was like referencing the banana stuffed animal and I was like but you're filming a tv show and he knows he is like at this point I feel like a producer and you know he was a big part of why the show got started and why it's continued and it's like he knows that you're filming at this point and summer house fans die for his solo content of him just like eating cookie dough out of the freezer or (laughs) Riding a Ferris wheel with a huge banana stuffed animal and stuff like that. Like, I was like, that probably wasn't the time that you were going to, like, immediately start hanging out. But, like, maybe another time was. I know. I feel like they're constantly just missing each other. I know. I know. Like, not, not, like, missing each other, but just, like, crossing wires. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I also just want to say, like, again, not to completely shit on them but like when you have your relationship filmed like this and you can go back and watch kind of like basically how you are in a relationship and what you might have missed when your partner because I get it there can be miscommunications maybe you have your own shit going on that day and your partner says something or you you just miss it you misunderstand whatever if you watch it back and don't change your behavior I feel like that also is like a huge red flag that you like don't even care and you're just content with 
living this way, basically. And that she's still brought up that he cheated on her. I know, I know, I know. And I think it's horrible. And I think, like, she deserved to relish in that. Not relish, but, like, throw it in his face as much as she could for even a year or two after. But, like, now you're married and you chose to stay with him. You and, chose, like, you can, yes. You have to let it go and move yeah. on. Yeah. No, that's so true. When you choose to stay with a person, I know, I know I'm making sweeping statements here, but like if you choose, like Brittany and Jax, I really feel like she does not bring it up anymore. Like she chose to stay with this person and like she, as far as I know, again, doesn't try to throw it in his face five years down the road. So yeah, he, she should have broken up with him then, but she didn't. And then so at this point, I feel like it's on you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And like, we do need to move on. But like, I still wonder why didn't she, like, what was so great about him that she wanted to say? Like, I really don't I, I understand. I think it was the TV show. Like, just think about it for like two seconds. If you were, she was like, what, like 21 or like 22 at the time. And she starts like randomly, like she gets a friend with benefits, basically, who happens to be on a TV show that summer that is starting to make money and getting all the, you know, glitz and glamour of being on a TV show. And then you become the girlfriend and then you get brought on the TV show. And then it would be hard to break up with that person. Like, yeah. I mean, that's honestly an amazing point. Like if she, if they had ended things like, who would the show have chosen, Kyle or Amanda, to stay? Kyle. You know, like yeah, Kyle's obviously the, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, he's the ringleader. He's the OG. Yeah, he's the OG cast member. Like she was basically j- just there as his side chick in season one. She only mm-hmm. became a, a cast member really in season two, and I feel like the the thrill of nabbing a guy that's like on the brink of fame is probably thrilling and I would have done the same thing (laughs) actually no to end on (laughs) yeah yeah like I would have completely done the same thing and like I get also like I know I probably sound judgy and I am a little bit about this but like who's knowing what I would do if I was in the same position and basically my whole life is defined by this TV show that is also defining my relationship. It's like, who knows how long I would stay in like an possibly unhappy marriage if, you know, literally my income, my friends, my life is kind of wrapped up in this, this thing. Yeah. It's all very messy. Yes. So yeah, Danielle had a bad season last season and a, a a bad winter house season, but Basically, she, not accused, but, like, told the girls that Robert has a new girlfriend who he worked with, like, alluding that he maybe cheated on her or emotionally cheated. Do you think that this redeems any of her kind of behavior in the last year or so? I don't know if it redeems it. It definitely, like, explains it. I just feel like after Winter House, like, we got a big light shown on Danielle and kind of like her intricacies and maybe some of her like things parts of her we haven't really seen before and it was all just very revealing and like just didn't get the best vibes from her I know I know it it was tough I 
I'm really like she is the one that I have my eye on this season um, just because I feel like she has the most to not prove but like her and Sierra I feel like I'm really looking forward to see like what their storylines are because Sierra's is that she possibly has a new guy that she's interested in because we got two new cast members West and Jesse what do you think of these two new guys okay Finally, I feel like our answers have been prayer. Our prayers have been answered. And we finally get guys on the show that are so normal, not douchey, like funny, like good vibes all around. West in particular is just like such a breath of fresh air and just immediately comfortable and like able to like vibe with everybody. So I feel like he, this is like a launching pad for him. Like, I see him doing like such great things. Like he, everybody's on his side. That's kind of the vibe I get. And then Jesse, we kind of got like a little bit of him at the end of the first episode, but he seems like mostly solid. Yeah, totally. Nervous because I did see a preview for next week's episode or like when this is out, it'll have already aired. And it seems like he's hitting on page, like a person with a known boyfriend, but, um, so I'm worried for him, but I'm obsessed with West and Sierra. I'm I'm obsessed with West <laughs> in general. Like, totally right. The ease at which both of these guys fit into this cast, they, like, finally nailed it. And it's after a few years of Summer House being, you know, predominantly, like, couples and stuff like that, it's such a, fre- like, breath of fresh air to have – two single guys and I just couldn't be more happy that this is the direction the show is going in yeah and I did see Jesse hitting on Paige and I'm hoping that's kind of like a clickbaity thing that they included and it's more casual and like jokey I don't know um because yeah it's like what are we doing with that I don't know why he thought it would be funny or he was like thought it would play differently but like yeah that's just like very awkward and like doesn't look right I know and then I was kind of thinking I was like do you think he even like googled the cast he seems like the kind of guy that just like <laughs> showed up on the first day and was like oh let's give it a look let's give it a go I was like maybe he like straight up didn't know but I don't know maybe that's naive of me I know we'll find out and apparently okay do you remember when Kyle like kind of confronts him about it at dinner yes yes Apparently, Craig is at that dinner. Oh, too. wild. Interesting. Yeah, so it's, like, all happening out in the open. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of going to be, like, a minor thing, hopefully, in the end. Because I agree. I hope so, too, because I could totally see – because he was at his friend's wedding, so he was probably – and he was, I think, the best man or something like that, so it's, like, he was probably so busy leading up to the show, and then mm. he got there the morning of the 4th of July party – so he didn't get to talk to any of the cast members before the party. And at parties like that, I feel like the conversation is usually like pretty small talk and pretty like, you know, all over the place and stuff like that. So I was like, maybe he just like missed the memo. And maybe he did do research beforehand. But when you're meeting so many people, I would be like, who's even on the cast? And like, I don't. Like, I don't know. I like yeah. who has a boyfriend and who doesn't. Like, I am not. It's not, like, ingrained in my memory. 
Yeah, I feel like he is so far likable. Like not as much as Wes. Like Wes really is just like a home run. Um, yes. But I think he is like solid hot dude to like have on the cast and like we need those we totally we really do because Corey and Sam aren't back this season and while I'm happy that they aren't because of their like problematic views I I'm still kind of feeling bad for Sam like (laughs) because it really kind of seems like it was Corey's fault, and like all of this, and now she's just like not on the show. Yeah, I feel like all that has just come out after Winter House, and it was like very brutal how it ended. And I love Sam, and I loved her on season seven, but I don't necessarily miss her on Summer yeah. House specifically. Yeah. Um, but like, I think she's gonna do good things elsewhere maybe they bring her back and that would be fun but like I don't think she's there's like a stand hole this season that like she needs to be on this season to like fill some gap yeah we're I think she's gonna be friend of a bit this summer I think she did say that but um maybe that's good I think it'll be nice that maybe Sierra and Gabby are gonna get more storylines and then obviously the I feel like the Carl and Lindsay thing is gonna blow up in the coming episode so we'll get a lot of that yeah okay any final summer house thoughts before we move on no I'm excited for this season I think it'll be much lighter and more fun than last season me too I'm really happy I think it had a little bit of a lull these last couple seasons but like we're back. I really feel in my heart of hearts that we're back. And I'm so happy. I love the, I call them like the younger kid shows on Bravo, like Below Deck and VPR and Summer House. Yes, same. I know I sometimes gravitate towards those more than Housewives sometimes. Yeah. And Summer House and Southern Charm are just so good. Yeah, really, really good um, appointment television. Okay, let's move on to Pettyweight Champion of the Week. This is the part of the show where our guest is going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week, someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. Layla, who are you nominating this week? I am nominating Ariana Grande and Zach Sang. Zach Sang released an episode with Ariana on his show, The Zach Sang Show, part one of his interview with her. And... It's like a 40-minute video on YouTube. I watched the whole thing today, and they mainly talk about, like, her new album, Wicked, R.E.M. Beauty. Like, it's basically just very promotional. And then the very last, like, four minutes, they bring up her, obviously, her whole situation with her new boyfriend and just, like, how that ties into her music. And her response was basically, like, this is what the media does. This is what the tabloids do, especially to women. Like they leave no space for quote nuance and humanness. And the consumers basically like don't, if they like somebody or not, like if the story aligns with their perception of the person, then they just will go along with it. And they don't allow for these like gray areas. And just the whole thing was like, but what do you mean, actually? Because we know the facts and the facts are like 
pretty bad. So like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of nuance. It was very interesting choice of words. Yeah. And, you know, Zach said, like, is there anything you wish people knew? Like giving her the floor to like give herself an ounce of like credibility back. And she was like, funny so much, but like, we don't really have to get into specifics. Like we don't have time to get into the details. And it was like, got it. <laughs> I'm so annoyed with her lately. Sorry, um, Ariana. But like, if you want to clear the air, if you want to say the nuanced pieces, this is your time. How are you once again, just saying vague shit and then expecting us to like be on your side all of a sudden? Yeah. I mean, with Ariana, I can definitely like separate the art from the artist and you know, her single, it was fine. Like I don't hate it. It's like catchy, but like the single is a direct, it seems like it's a direct response to this whole situation. The lyrics just being like, yeah, I'm dating a guy who is XYZ and who was recently married and just had a baby and posted on Mother's Day and like was with his high school sweetheart. And like, I broke up a family. Yes. And, and so it's kind of ridiculous that like, literally one of the lyrics is say that shit with your chest. But then on the flip side, like she is being so vague. Yeah. No, that is such a good point. I think the other thing that I've been realizing because we're like, yeah, like eight months post the initial uh, news leaking is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the ex-wife hasn't said anything else. And to me, I really feel like there isn't, another side of the story that we like really need to listen to at this point because it's like I feel like when she was first asked and she said like Ariana's not a girl's girl I think that that statement was done really recent and kind of like flipping and like she had emotional it was emotional and like it wasn't coached or anything like that the fact that she hasn't said anything else makes me think that they like there is legitimacy to everything that happened it's also so funny because she's like yeah I like stopped tearing down women but like I she's not saying like also like protect the woman that like really got the short end of the stick uh, uh like here um I think that's brutal and I I think it's understated that like yeah it's your high school sweetheart that you just had a first kid with that you are married to um and all of that like ended like I don't know it, it's it's a tough sell I just like I get that we don't have a lot of nuanced conversations in the pop culture space about a lot of things, but like for some reason I'm like, this is the conversation that like doesn't need any nuance. Yeah, I always try to like have some other perspective and recognize that like we don't know these people, we don't know the situation, like we only know one side of it, or maybe like exactly. a couple sides of it that they let us see. And so when I try to think like, okay, like what is this nuance she's talking about? There's definitely like a lot of human error going on. Like that's 100%, but like the nuance that would possibly be making this okay is like he was unhappy in his marriage, totally. But like maybe finalize your divorce before you start hooking up with a pop star. Like there's just not that much nuance that could possibly happen to where his wife is, this catches her so off guard while he's filming a movie in London, by the way. Like, this was all happening while he wasn't at home every day. Yeah, it's just, like, if you're going to say anything, 
don't say that. I don't know. Say nothing, probably. Like, I think it's crazy she even is releasing music right now, let alone this, like, single that's yes and and being like what about it um i think she could have just written this out until the fall when wicked was coming out and just done her press for wicked and then kind of gone under the radar totally i also just think it's really hard to be a spouse of a person that's like like works on broadway or is like an actor like seeking fame or like whatever like if i feel like it'd be similar to like dating a professional athlete like if you're giving up so much to support your partner's career which again I I don't know this girl from a a hole in the wall but like (laughs) I think she's a normie like I don't think she has a job in the industry or whatever and it's like man just thinking about all the years that you like sacrificed for your partner for this to be the outcome I just feel like is really really tough so yeah she's like I don't think she's yeah I don't think she's handling it well I think she's kind of being petty and like her PR team should have come up with something better yeah, the PR team was like not on their A game. A game with this interview. I she clearly when she was talking, she felt very frustrated. You could like see that. And she felt very misunderstood and misrepresented and I'm holding space for that, but like yeah. If there is nuance or like a humanness, like stick up for yourself. Like yeah. If there's a, the side of it that we're not seeing, like, you don't owe us anything, but also, like, this isn't helping. Yeah, like, I don't want her to, like, endlessly suffer. It's kind of like the Tom Sandoval thing. Like, I don't want him for the next the next 50 years of his life or whatever to, like, needlessly suffer. I want you to take accountability for your mistakes and learn and grow. But I, I don't, like, wish ill on you, per se. And, yeah, same goes to ethan and ariana like i wish them well but like i think a better reason would have been like and not that they owe us an explanation but like maybe uh in this type of long form interview like this would be the time to do it if if you really want to clear the air don't say that you want to clear the air if you like actually don't want to yeah it'll be interesting i feel like she talked about writing this album like all very recently and it was all kind of during this time and about this situation and very much inspired and it'll be interesting what the rest of the album is and kind of what we can take away from the other songs yeah i'm i'm looking forward to that also i was just gonna say who the fuck is zach saying because his tiktoks of him podcasting come up on my for you page all the time and he gets really big guests and i can't place him okay i'm glad you said something because i googled him today because i was like (laughs) wait actually who is he because he does get big guests yes i was confusing him with zach lowe for the longest time right not confusing just like thinking they were the same person yeah zach lowe is also like podcaster interviewer to like music specifically yeah and i think zach saying is literally just a radio dj like radio host like am fm and he just like started doing podcasting maybe he like struck while the iron was hot and like got popular i don't know really what his origin is but he was literally just on some like radio show and then started his own show that makes sense the way his voice is and the his interview questions and stuff like that that makes a lot of sense good for him i i like his i like his content i don't listen to the podcast like regularly but i i do watch a lot of his clips so i was like 
at some point I was like, who is this guy? But good for him. Yeah, I do see his clips on TikTok a lot and I never really figured him out. Yeah, because he just has such like, yeah, like talks to like Trisha Paytas and like Liz Gillies from mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, Victorious as well and like stuff yes. like that. And so I'm just like, I was wondering, oh, was he on like a Disney Channel or like a Nickelodeon show or something? But yeah, it's like Nickelodeon people and then like niche internet celebrities that he interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. Okay, finally, let's wrap up with This Week in Petty, where Layla is going to share a story about something that's happened to her in her real life that she's petty about. What are you petty about this week? Okay, so I recently moved from Chicago to San Diego, and so I'm very much acclimating to my new, like, West Coast lifestyle. Um, And Chicago is, like, very Midwest, but it's by no means, like, the big bad city, but, like, it's still, like, a city and, like, not super, like, just the people are like have places to be and and people to see and I feel like in San Diego everyone is just so nice and so friendly all the time every cashier wants to strike up a conversation with you everybody passing you on the street like you know it's just like your friendly neighbor and I am just like not used to it and also not really down for it (laughs) I was like that sounds awful (laughs) yeah it's like really I don't want to like paint the sob story but I'm like I am busy and even if I wasn't I don't want to talk to some stranger about like the whatever like you can't even talk about the weather because it's the same every day and it's gorgeous and it's like what are we supposed to do it's not even just at Trader Joe's because I feel like Trader Joe's everywhere they're like trained to like talk to you but like ordering a smoothie he's like oh like do you have off work today and I'm like oh, I work from home and he's like what do you do and I'm like telling him my life story yeah <laughs> get a smoothie that's so funny like sometimes like 99% of the time I feel like that too I'm like stop talking to me like why are you happy why do you want to talk to me and then recently I'm though I'm like am I like so bitter this <laughs> like, is so like sad of me that I like like I think it was recently I read an article about how stores especially Canadian stores like this big chain Canadian tire which honestly like fucking love even though I know it's like it is like an automotive automotive or whatever store but like it has other stuff and Uh, It's fun to, like, walk through those aisles. But anyways, a big chain in Canada was talking about how they're removing a lot of the self-cashier checkout stands and that you, like, have to go back to talking to people to get your groceries bagged or whatever. And I actually was like, I I guess this is the end of me. I'm like, I guess grocery (laughs) delivery is in my future. (laughs) Yeah, no, I actually went to the grocery store this morning and they were redoing the entire self-checkout. Like, wires out of the floor, like, everything was taped off. Like, they were completely in construction mode. So I had to go to a regular cashier and I was like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, like, really early, though. So I was like, hopefully nobody tries to talk to me and I think I made it out alive. But um, That's good. Yeah, but also I'm like, okay, I need to make friends. Like, I'm new to the city. I need to meet new people. Like, I need to, like turn on this like switch and I've been trying to like 
be more friendly and sociable and like lean into these casual conversations. But sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I like really don't care. No, truly. It's really tough. I feel like moving to a new city post-grad, like anytime post-college, I feel like that's the last time that it's like really easy to make friends. And then like, you're like, oh, I'll like join like a yoga class or something like that. It's like, yeah, but you don't like talk in yoga class. <laughs> and, like, and like, that's like not going to help. Or like it, you, strike, I know, I know. you strike up a conversation with people and it's like, not that that's ever going to lead to a friendship. Maybe it does. Who knows? I don't know. I know. It's more so just like putting out the vibes to the universe that I'm like yeah, willing friendly. to accept yeah. you. Yeah. You know that, you You're know. You're manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, maybe this is a lesson for us all. Maybe this is our, our we're heading into Q2. So I feel like maybe this could be our Q2 goal is to affirm that we are friendly and we can talk to strangers. Also, I feel like in my neighborhood, there's like so many retired people. Mm-hmm. And I'll be walking around with headphones in and then this elderly person will pass me and say something and I'm like I have no idea what you just said like I was listening to something but they're just out here listening like never listening to anything talking to strangers like when I see people that aren't listening to stuff in the wild like on a bus or like walking or whatever I I don't know I I, I, I'm shook to my core every single time I see someone like raw jogging like a walk around the neighborhood no I was just thinking that it's like so aggressive but like I simply could never raw dog a walk. No, no, literally. <laughs> no, literally. I know. I also live in a, a neighborhood that has a lot of like retired folks, and like, whenever people say something to me, I just go have a good day as <laughs> as I'm walking by. But there's some. There must be something about me which I feel like I'm scowly all the time. There must be something about me that like think that lets people think that they can talk to me it sounds so bad but like I feel like I'm like literally frowning every time I'm in public so I don't get why people are like oh this is the chick I'm gonna strike up a combo with no I also feel like I'm scowling 24 7 but somehow am very approachable to most people no literally what is it like listeners sound off No, literally, what is it? Because, like, I don't even feel like I'm friendly. People have said I'm, like, I feel, like, not friendly (laughs) (laughs) in public. Like, I I don't know. There's just something about it where people, I guess, feel like they want to ask me what the time is or tell me a little story about their day or their neighborhood or whatever. And, yeah, maybe, yeah, in Q2, we're open to that and we are – embracing it and yeah next time I'll think I'll think about this conversation and I'll take a deep breath and like actually I don't know like form a response question mark (laughs) I'm trying to figure out the art of like being friendly without continuing the conversation oh my god like responding in a nice way that doesn't allow them to respond back so it's like (laughs) you know what I mean so it's like I'm being nice but I'm not getting stuck in like a 10 minute combo with a stranger okay literally what is that though because yeah I I don't know yeah I think it's that anyways have a nice day 
No, I think that's a huge. I'm keeping that in my back pocket always. Yeah, but the tone of voice, it can't be like, anyways, have a nice day. It's like, it has to, like, it can't be dismissive. You have to, like, really put your full, like, phone call voice or customer service yeah. voice on and just, like, give her, I don't know, maybe add a little yeah. wave. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just say, like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll work on it. We'll yeah. discuss. We'll circle back in Q3. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll workshop this. Okay. This was super, super fun, Leila. Can you let the listeners know where they can find you and anything else you want to plug? You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at IDK, my BFF, Lay. Lay is spelled L-E-I. Amazing. Thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you for having me. I had the best time. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Layla for joining me on today's episode. I wanted to give a little bit of a episode two of Summer House recap because Layla and I recorded this episode before that one had dropped. And let's just say, well, I thought that the premiere was going to show a more unbiased (laughs) uh, version of the breakup of Carl and Lindsay. I took a quick pivot in episode two. I think it is pretty unexcusable and also uh, something unreprehensible, maybe is the word I'm looking for. I'm not sure. It's 9.30 p.m., people. (laughs) But I feel like what she did was such a betrayal that it's something I feel like you couldn't get over in a relationship or you would have to do some couples counseling and this happening right before the wedding or like three months before the wedding or whatever six months before the wedding it's July they get married in November you do the math but like is a pretty tough sell so what do I think happened I think that she was blackout drunk she doesn't excuse it but gives it context I think he was sober I feel like he had a bad moment with her where he was maybe aggressive and it seems like in the preview that I've seen for episode three, she meant you don't seem sober, like you seem like the old Carl where you were aggressive and mean and dismissive and stuff like that. Not that she actually thinks that he was taking, like, doing cocaine, taking drugs. I think she was so fucking drunk that she didn't articulate that. And to even verbalize that when you know you're being filmed, I think is is rough. I think, again, it's something you probably couldn't get over in your relationship. Like, she knows how hard he works at sobriety how everyone who is struggling with addiction works at sobriety, how difficult it is, and to throw around those words like cocaine Carl and like saying that he's not sober when you know you're being filmed, I think is really brutal. I think she was having feelings and she took out it in this way and I think that's really mean-spirited. I think Obviously, the right way to react would be like she's having these feelings where he's being a little bit like the old Carl. It's like you lock it down, you have Sunday, you get home and the cameras aren't recording and you go, hey, what happened Saturday night because or Friday night or whenever because it seemed like 
you were the old you and like that didn't work for us. I like the new you or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I'm out to lunch here, but I actually like it's like case closed on what happened with them this this summer. Like I don't need to see anymore. It's like I don't really know how you move past that. Um and watching it back must be really tough. She did like a little statement on her Instagram and she's like I just like worded it poorly and it was like no you were like tripling down and yeah yes that's a loose a loose way of putting it that you worded it poorly and then one final thing and then we can wrap up but Amanda and Kyle I just think are headed for a divorce like they just don't seem I don't think they've ever really been on the same page but as of lately, they just seem way worse. I just feel like we'll see a divorce in the next like year or so. I feel like they feel pressured at this point now that I have more info. I feel like they feel pressured to have kids and move to the suburbs because of their age and stuff like that and that they're married. But I think they're like prolonging it because like they actually don't want that to happen because they know they're going to break up. (laughs) Okay, that's so brutal. Anyways, hopefully we can catch up with Layla at the end of the season. Happy watching. And again, thank you so much for listening. Over on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast, <laughs> we are covering celebs with fake accents with Cam from What I Will Say and stay-at-home girlfriends. So picture Austin Butler, Ilaria Baldwin, uh, Taylor Swift, hello, debut album, It was a super fun episode to record, so I can't wait for you to hear it on Thursday. And I'd like to shout out to amazing patrons, Jody C. and Lindsay L. I hope you are both killing it this week, that the start of March has been easy and smooth for you. Thank you so much for supporting my work. I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Love you both. If you're looking for more content from me, you can also catch me on Ready to Be Romance, my other podcast. This week, I'm covering Fourth Wing from a a friend. Actually, I, I feel like now I can call him a longtime friend because we have known each other since 2015. So that is going to be super, super fun. I had lots of LOLs. And if you're a big fantasy book reader, it has it definitely has some romance, but it definitely is skewed more fantasy. So If you like fantasy novels, maybe check this one out and then catch us over on Ready to be Romanced. Okay, everybody, I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.